0: I'm your host, Majori, and today's guest is Morgan. She is a really cool art witch I found on Instagram, and she is also the creator of Lucid Kitsch. She has her own tarot deck. She's an artist and a musician in the band Crone Visions. I'm so excited to talk to her today and learn all about the magic that she brings and her craft. So hello, Morgan. How are you?
1: Hello. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: So I always ask my guests right away what their top three are, their sun, moon, and rising. Do you want to tell me
1: your top three? Absolutely. Mine are a little bit scary for some people. <laughs> I'm a Gemini sun, an Aquarius moon, and an Aries rising.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's a very interesting combo. I'm an Aries sun, so yes. I I appreciate that. Like fire energy. <laughs> Exactly. So, but yeah, okay. So, how do you feel about having an Aquarius moon? Like, tell me about
1: that. Oh, okay. So, that's something that I have grown to like, I think, more throughout my life. It does kind of hinder me, I think, in some ways, you know, maybe emotionally connecting with people in the way that I wish that I could on some level. But I think that it gives me a good depth of, I don't know, artistic creativity and kind of. I definitely find it travel its way through all of the things that I do, like musically and everything, but it's definitely something that is <laughs> lends to a little bit of uh, an eccentric personality, I think. <laughs>
0: I think it's really interesting because I feel like Aquarius Moon people are like my cosmic journey and this life. So I have like <laughs> so many people in my life of Aquarius Moons, like my sister. I have like a lot of friends. So I'm like, what is this lesson? But I like to hear it from you. That that sounds really good. That sounds on point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm glad that I can uh, you know give you a little bit of help there. But yeah, I actually find so many Aquarius Moons throughout my life too. I think we kind of like find each other as yeah. well. So
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. Um, so you're a tarot reader and you also created your own tarot deck, yes. Simply Strange Tarot. So can you kind of tell me about what inspired you to create your own tarot deck?
1: Definitely. So I have been into tarot for most of my life and obviously being an artist, it's something that I, I collect a ton of tarot decks and the art is really something that draws me in and it's something that I take a lot of profound uh, influence from in all of the art that I do anyway Mm -hmm. and it's just one of those things that throughout the years I'm like oh I would love to make my own tarot deck but it's so much work and Mm -hmm. that's always like got in my way I was like oh but it's so much work I have to sit down and think of all this stuff and do all this stuff and eventually I just got to a point where I was like I just have to do it because I do so much art around it anyway Mm -hmm. and I really wanted to do something that was weird. Obviously it's called Simply Strange. I wanted weird imagery and bright colors because those are things that I look for in a tarot deck Mm -hmm. and I also wanted it to correlate enough to like the imagery of you know the Rider Waite deck and that sort of thing so that anyone Mm -hmm. even if they're new to tarot can kind of see what they need to see in the cards and then get a little bit more as far as like cosmic weirdness Mm -hmm. I love that so much
0: yeah I know I'm also I was like starting before COVID I was starting to do my own kind of like collage oracle deck and I was Mm -hmm. like okay like (laughs) okay It's so much work. I didn't get very far, but I'm like, I have to feel aligned to do. Like, I know definitely yes. I'm going to like do it eventually to we'll finish it. But I I definitely, I think that's so amazing that you stuck through all of those cards and like completed <laughs> it. it. Like, <laughs> yeah. How long did it take you?
1: Um. So I would say, so I had the rough sketches and rough ideas for like a while, basically just like a couple of cards. And then I really forced myself for like, I think it was like a two month period in the winter to just get through it. So I Mm -hmm. was like drawing every single day working on it. I worked on it literally every day for like two months, Um, Mm -hmm. which I, my day job or whatever, I work from home anyway. Mm -hmm. So it gave me, it allots me a lot of time to do my art, but yeah, it definitely took a while. And there were times where I was like, I was pretty close to finish and I was like, I'm never going to finish this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you create it on, like, was it actually like hand illustrated or did you use like an iPad or a computer?
1: So kind of both. So this rough sketches were all hand drawn, like just with pencil. And then what I do normally when I'm drawing is I like take that image, put it like the rough image that I sketched, put it into Procreate in my iPad, and then kind of use that as my guide as I draw onto it
0: mm-hmm
1: okay so it's like digitize and colorize and everything and procreate after i draw mm-hmm. it
0: that's really good because then you can just you know take it somewhere with like the files to be printed yes. so
1: because
0: <laughs> i know like some exactly. like i know some decorators who've like done it all by hand like collage and then they have to like it into the printer, like it's actually physical paper collage, and I'm like, oh my god, that is such a labor of love. Yes. But it's also like <laughs> takes like 10 times like longer. So Absolutely. yeah, so that's really cool. Um, did you find that the process to get it from out of your computer into a physical product was that a hard journey? Can you kind of like walk me through like the steps of like actually getting it to be like a physical?
1: Yes. So it's actually if you have the ability to do it on like um, an iPad, either in like Procreate or some sort of any, any sort of like Illustrator, anything like that, it's not too difficult because you can save everything as the correct files that most print companies want you to put them into. Um, There's a ton of different online companies that do printing specifically for cards and tarot cards. There's Mm -hmm. all different price points. So depending on like how much you're willing to put into it, um, as far as money goes, But basically, you just find whatever company works for you, whatever price range. I went into it knowing, obviously, like, the more that you order, because I didn't do, like, a – I know a lot of tarot artists do, like, Kickstarters and things like that,
0: Mm -hmm. but –
1: I don't know. For me, I just kind of (laughs) decided to do it on my own and kind of figure out if I could do it that way. Mm -hmm. So I basically like had a budget for myself and was like, okay, how many, like if I do this many tarot decks, how much will this cost me and whatever. So I figured out which company to go through. Um, Most of them have like templates so you can download like what size card and Mm -hmm. um, because I designed the box for it too. So you need like a template that you can put into like Adobe Illustrator to do that. And then you upload everything. I ordered a like a test copy just to make sure that it looked how mm-hmm. I wanted to. Very smart. Ca- yep, cards felt how I wanted to, <laughs> and then I took a really big risk and invested a lot of money in ordering a lot of Teradex. And <laughs> that's just kind of how I did it. And then mm-hmm. um, I just like sell them from my like Etsy shop now. But yeah, there's Mm -hmm. definitely different ways that people do it. But for me, that was just seemed like the most like streamlined, easy way to do it.
0: Yeah, I like that too. Then you have control of it. And then it's like, okay, I don't have to like rely on other people like to fund it. And then, you know, you can just go ahead and do it. And I, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate that. Um, And uh, yeah, that's really, really cool. And that's also definitely good to know that some of these companies provide the templates. If like some people are familiar with, you know, the dimensions or whatever to like get this, uh, printed, but that's really awesome. Thank you for kind of sharing a little bit of the inside scoop. (laughs) So will you, uh, do another deck in the future?
1: Yes. So I actually am working on, I swear, I have like a million projects going on at all times, but I'm working on another tarot deck and, um, an Oracle deck as well, because my simply strange is really like my, my core deck that I'm probably going to continue to print for however long Um, and then I wanted to do something a little more you know abstract and kind of as far as like imagery is concerned like a little bit more modern and abstract for the other tarot deck and then oracle deck wise I just wanted to do something that could pair well with like any any sort of tarot deck. So those are things Mm -hmm. that I have working on. I don't have like deadlines for myself for those. I just kind of (laughs) am working on it as like I come up with ideas. I was like going really hard on working on the second tarot deck. And then I was like, why am I rushing? Mm -hmm. Why am I imposing this sort of thing on myself? So, but yeah, I have those two in the works and eventually I'll kind of like bring them to fruition at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when it's like the right timing. That's
0: really cool. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know if it's just, like, the hustle culture on Instagram that's, like, kind of, like, implementing into, like, the witch community. And I'm – and I feel like it's not only – kind of like something that's anxious driven, like for me as like a business owner, but also like my friends too. And when I was like, you know what, like, don't subscribe to this, like just create yes. and do things on your own timetable when it feels right. Because when you're rushing to kind of put things out there just for whatever it is, whatever purposes you need for your business, you know, you kind of lose that magic
1: a little bit. Absolutely. So
0: I'm and all I for think, take your time.
1: <laughs> yes, and I think that it so is like that hustle culture and Instagram because I think especially as artists in like a like a physical medium like tarot or any sort of thing where you're bringing it to life obviously people like stuff that they can consume easily in like a little square on their Instagram mm-hmm. and I feel like it forces artists to be like oh my god I have to constantly be creating I have to make content for Instagram and make sure that people see my art so that they can you know and it's mm-hmm. creates like this really anxious bubble of like I don't know I don't think it's very good and healthy and like fertile ground for creativity. So I no. try to remove myself from that a little bit so that I can be like, okay, why am I like, is this a deadline that I really want for myself and a goal that I'm trying to reach? Or is it a goal that I'm trying to reach so that I have content so that I can drive people to my site so that I can, you know, perpetuate this weird cycle?
0: Yeah, no, totally. And um yeah, I feel like you're, it's like when you have a team behind you, then it's like a little bit easier to kind of dive into that. But when you're just like a one woman show, like myself and Mm -hmm. you know, you, it's like you know, we can't do it all. So that's like where really like the time management comes in of like, okay, what do I want to put times toward? Cause I was like, yes. Oh, okay, I'm going to like try to like really make TikTok work and like do all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I really don't have time. I really don't oh, want to do this. Like, you know, and yes. um that's someone else's journey. If they want to like, you know, exactly. <laughs> live on the gram and like create all this content, like all for them, but I would rather put that time and energy into creating something that's more purposeful. And yes. you know, I think that's kind kind of like the reflection this community maybe needs it's like we don't have to do what everyone else is doing and just because it's maybe like you know what they say to do to get more followers or likes or whatever it doesn't necessarily mean it works or will even guarantee income Exactly. yeah
1: and I it's funny with the tiktok thing because I started a tiktok I I have like random videos on there but it's one of those things where I'm like I started it I was like wow I have so much respect for Uh, creators who do this constantly and are constantly Mm -hmm. making this content because I'm like burnt out after like (laughs) (laughs) one thing. I'm like, oh my gosh. But I do think that I feel like especially in like uh, the witch community as a whole, I think that there's more value in bringing things that are of value to people and like Mm -hmm. that really resonate with someone rather than like trying to garner a lot of follows and likes because most of the time those things at least in my experience are not the things that end up being fruitful for me at all Mm exactly 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 yeah. I think that's just like such a mindful
0: like conversation to have. And I just like, even to like for yourself, if someone like who's like a witch in the community, but just like to kind of see like, okay, like what is like my goal here? And yes. you know, Instagram is like, honestly, it's not re- like a really a real thing. Like we have to kind of remember no. it's not real. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, <Exactly. laughs> but, but yeah. So I guess I kind of want to like backtrack a little bit. So can you tell me what is your journey into tarot? How did that start for you?
1: Yeah. So I've always been interested in things like astrology and tarot, even from when I was really young. I remember like going into bookstores and just like begging my mom to be like, buy me this astrology book, buy me this tarot book. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was always kind of in and out of it, especially like early, like my earlier twenties, I was really into tarot for a while. And then It just kind of like, I don't know, you go through like seasons of your life where you kind of like fall out of it a little bit. Um, But I've always collected tarot and just been interested in the messages and kind of channeling messages through it. And then I would say like maybe like five years or so ago, I started being like, okay, I want to kind of bring this from just doing like my daily tarot because I've done daily tarot posts for myself for a really long time. It's just how I like learned how to do tarot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I kind of want to like bring this into more of a forefront in my life. So I started reading for like friends and that kind of like spiraled into people being like, oh, my friend Morgan does this. You should see my friend Morgan. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of how my tarot business is for the most part. It's just like word of mouth. Like most of my tarot clientele is like the string of people from like one person and then you know it just Mm -hmm. carries on that way but for me it was always a tool for my own self-reflection and how to approach situations and people and I like being able to show other people that tarot can be that for them as well Mm -hmm. like even showing them that they can read for themselves or you know have someone else read for them so it's just kind of been like always in the in the background of my life and I just in the past you know, a couple of years, have really wanted to bring it to other people as well. Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. And I feel like that's kind of the best way to kind of start too, is like the curiosity
0: and then just knowing, okay, this is not always something for me. Like this is something, a tool that other people can use and like spreading that message that like, I'm not a God like yes. or a goddess, <laughs> like we can all do this. and And also connecting with astrology, I think is Uh, really cool, too, because they are, like, sisters, Yeah. so, but, um, but yeah, that's really awesome. Okay, so I want to talk about vintage, because I recently purchased a few amazing vintage pieces from you, and I'm so obsessed. I use, like, these little chalices. I used them, Mm -hmm. like, the other day. I put beer in them. I didn't (laughs) have wine, but... (laughs) Enough. <laughs> I was like, you know what, let me improvise, but, yes. um, but yeah, I just, I love that you also are into vintage because so am I, and can you kind of tell me, like, why vintage, and have you always been, like, really into it? Did you grow up uh, around vintage?
1: Yes, so I have always been very into vintage and secondhand as a whole. I I don't know if it's, like, the weird, like, Aquarian Gemini energy that I have where I'm like I need something different but there's Mm -hmm. just anything that's new never truly like appeals to me in the way that something vintage does and I think that we are so used to consuming and consuming and consuming that I think it's really important to take a step back and be like what already exists that I can bring into my space that will fit fill whatever I'm looking for so um like clothing wise and especially decor and everything else. I've always gotten vintage for myself. I mean, I think I would say quite honestly, probably 90% of the stuff in my apartment is vintage from like Mm -hmm. the furniture to, you know, everything, the candle holders. And that's definitely something that I appreciate in my like witchy practice too. So I wanted to, that's like why I sell everything, all those altar items and everything that are vintage is because I want to, offer something that is ornate and beautiful and unique for someone to use in their practice or even just use as decor where they don't have to go out and kind of like search for it and also don't have to spend like a crazy amount of money Mm -hmm. Um, because sometimes I mean I mean a beautiful like ornate like candelabra looks really cool on your altar but also it's gonna cost you a ton of money so (laughs) I think it's important to like Look for something that already exists, especially because there's so much beauty in, like, vintage stuff. I love, like, the patina, that certain, like, kits and I just feel like it just adds an element of, like, magic to everything.
0: Yeah, it totally does, and that's, like, why I gravitate towards it, and um, I love... Making my spell candles in vintage. Yeah. So, and it's also very sustainable as well. Instead of like you know going on Amazon and like you know buying like a candle holder yes. or whatever, it's like you know be resourceful, shop local or like shop small, and you're actually going to find something better from the past than like in the future exactly. <laughs> or not in the future, but like in the present. <laughs> exactly. Because um, I feel like we lost so much craftsmanship and just details with whatever, like, you know, glassware or, you know, whatever, like, these objects are. And, um, like, I just want to, like, bring that back. And I don't know, it's, like, a lost art. and
1: Yes. And I think that, too, it makes it, like, when you think of it from a lens of, like, shopping vintage and shopping secondhand, there's a lot of great modern artists who are making really sustainable and really awesome items to use, but it's not always accessible to everyone at their price point. Mm -hmm. And I do think that artists should always charge what they're worth. And I think that it's very valid that they charge those prices. But I think that vintage offers like a different kind of, you know, you can get those sort of high craftsmanship items at a much more accessible price. Um, Mm -hmm. And probably you know, it's going to be really, still really special to you and unique. And I don't know. I think also I'm like one of those weird people where I like, like the energy of like that vintage brings, like, obviously Mm -hmm. like I cleanse everything when I bring it into my space, but just the idea, like when I'm holding something that it's belonged to so many different people. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just like that kind of energy.
0: Yeah, I do too. There's like some type of special attachment and yeah, I I love it. Like my, one of my favorite things is going to like a thrift store, and mm-hmm. there's like stuff all over the place. And that might yes. overwhelm. <laughs> that might overwhelm like someone who has like you know OCD or whatever, or like yeah. oh my god, I can't like yes. you know. But I love that. It's kind of like you're finding hidden treasure. And yes. when I was younger, I always wanted to find like a treasure chest and like just beautiful <laughs> things. And it's like vintage is like that for me. So, um, and like also crystals too, I feel are, yes. like kind of on that level. So yeah, I just, I love the feeling it brings like that excitement of like, oh my God, like,
1: Oh you know. yes. And like when you find <laughs> that thing, that's like, oh my gosh, the, some of the thrift stores that uh, my partner and I go, to. It's, like, just mounds of stuff. Like, we're in New Hampshire, so there's, like, all these weird thrift stores up north. We're just, like, people's basements, like, <laughs> full of stuff. And I'm sure it would be, like, way too overwhelming for most people and whatever. But for me, I'm, like, when I get to, like, find some, like, that shiny object that I'm looking for, it's just, like, I don't know, pure bliss. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's like the best feeling. Um, so is vintage something you want to expand on more in your shop? Um, or it's kind of like the right time, right place type of thing. Yeah.
1: I, it's definitely something that I like to continue. I am working really hard to grow that section of my shop because it allots me. It also allots me time to work on my art, And be able to bring the art in later. So it gives Mm -hmm. me more time where I can still have like my shop up and running. But um, I love like looking for more stuff. I've been trying to add more stuff recently and been a lot more active about adding things on because I will go out and buy all these things and they just are like sitting in my home. I don't (laughs) list them right away most of the time, but lately Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. But I do want to expand upon that a little bit more going forward. Um, And then, you know, everything permitting in the future if I get the opportunity to have a either like a booth or a little section at like you know what a local market or something like that that would definitely be mm-hmm. a goal as well
0: that's really cool yeah i when I like shop for vintage I'm like okay I have an intention to like shop for my candles or whatever mm-hmm. and like bring into my shop and then I'm like okay why am I keeping half of this yes. <laughs> It's so hard not to. I know. I have literally, like, no surface space in my apartment left. Like, (laughs) I need to, like, start doing shelvings, but I don't even have a lot of, like, shelving space. And I'm kind of terrified of the shelf situation in case they, like, fall. So, yeah, I'm definitely, like,
1: okay, I need to, like, part <laughs> <You know? laughs> with a lot
0: of this stuff, so. Yes.
1: That's, like, I keep um, looking for, like, some beautiful, like, big, like, chests or armoire or something that has a bunch of shelves, because I am also a little bit weary of putting things up high, like, on a shelf, because I'm, like, I'm not I'm not a construction person. I don't know if I'm putting this (laughs) up properly. I don't want like my treasures to fall down.
0: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess like the the solution is like a bigger space, you know? (laughs) So like, okay. More stuff, more space. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay, so you also do embroidery too that I see on your shop as well, which I think is really cool. Can you kind of tell me how you got into that? you know, how it does, is that like something that takes like a lot longer for you to do, or is it like a pretty quick practice?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So embroidery is extremely time consuming, especially because I do not use, um, a machine for my embroidery. I do it all by hand, which for me is part of like what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't even, Embroidery was always something that I was like, oh, I love embroidery. I love it. I think it's so beautiful, but I just like never tried doing it. Um, I have a lot of women in my family history who have been in really into, you know, sewing, crocheting, embroidering, all that stuff, but I never really got into it. And then I would say, I want to say it's probably four or five years ago now. I just looked up on YouTube I was like how to embroider and then I was like google lists, what do I need to embroider and I walked to Michael's and I like bought stuff to embroider and then I like just it was just something that came really naturally to me which does not always happen I was like this is really strange mm-hmm. um but yeah and then I just started doing all sorts of embroidery for a long time I was just doing like hoop embroideries because you know that's kind of how you get into it and then mm-hmm. I more recently have just been doing embroidering vintage clothes or just secondhand clothes in a lot of cases, like jackets. I did a line of hand-embroidered, tarot jackets in the spring. Um, and it was all inspired from the swords suit because that was within the past couple of years, I went through a big upheaval in my life and I mm-hmm. was like being stalked by swords cards. It was <laughs> oh, like <gosh>. every day <laughs> yeah. I would pull a card and it would always be a sword. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, so I just like wanted to, turn it into something you know a positive thing I guess and I, I really like the sword suit as a whole but so I hand embroider all of it I draw it on basically with like um, a fabric pencil and then I just sit there and I hand embroider it it probably takes me like it's hours of work honestly yeah. but it's, it's really rewarding though and it's like again cycling back to like the vintage thing it's a way that I can bring You know, clothes that have just been kind of like forgotten about at a thrift store that no one is, you know, snatching up and making them into something beautiful and like kind of like an heirloom piece that someone could keep forever and feel really like special when they're wearing it.
0: Mm -hmm. that sounds really cool and that's interesting about the sword suit that that's one of your favorites because that's like everyone's like
1: least favorite I I always (laughs) feel it is and the funny thing is is it was always something that it like scared me for a while because it was Mm -hmm. just something that I I mean I have a lot of air in my chart so like you know that air energy is always there anyway and like for for good or bad but I think that it having a year or so where it just was, like, following me around made me have a much deeper appreciation for the layers that come with that suit and Mm -hmm. how, you know, everything, especially in the wider vision of the journey of tarot, it's, like, everything ebbs and flows and, you know, different things serve you at different times in your life. So, Mm It definitely gave me a much, I wouldn't say more optimistic view of the sword suits, but you know, just a different, a different outlook. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember my first stalker card when I was learning tarot, like eight, nine years ago was the two of swords. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So that really like put me into the yes. source energy. And then, you know, I really learned a lesson of that card, but yeah, that's sometimes it's like, you know, the medicine you need, it's just like, you exactly. need, like, you know, the, those like certain tarot cards or like those suits to like really you know, push you to the next level. But yeah, but that's really cool. I did a little bit of embroidery growing up, but I never mm-hmm. had the patience <laughs> to like finish something. So I like, you know, think that's amazing that you, you know, it's have tough. evolved it and yeah, it's really tough and that you also like, you know, make your own um, designs as well, instead sort of following a pattern. Mm-hmm. I think that's really awesome too. So that's really cool. Um, does your, like, wrist or, like, hand hurt after? Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Like, when I was finishing up, because I, I mean, the jackets that I did in the spring took me a really long time. And when it was, like, crunch time, when I was, like, really trying to, like, finish them up. Oh my gosh, my I was like, did I just like do permanent damage to (laughs) my wrist for like the rest of my life? It got back to normal, but yeah, it's definitely um, a labor of love.
0: Yeah, I used to knit, and I Mm -hmm. um, when I went to fashion design school, uh, we had to take a knitting class. It was mandatory, and we had to make. From hand or own knit pattern and like you know outfit whatever, and I did this sweater and I just remember like I was starting to get the carpal tunnel. I had to do like all these like wrist exercises and then you know like we're good now. But I just remember, (laughs) I would just remember. I was like I don't know if I could like physically do that again. I know, like you we have like you know. Like one like set of hands and I'm like, there's not another one. Like this is exactly.
1: it. <laughs> so <laughs> And there's people who do like so much like knitting knitting and crocheting and all sorts of like these really ornate, like cool like tops and stuff like that. And I have so much I have so much like admiration for them because I don't know if I could ever do that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but um, but yeah, so that's awesome. So I do want to also talk about your band because yes. um, I'm a music lover. <clears throat> um, I was in a band myself and yeah, kind of tell me um, about your band, Crone Visions and what your role in the band is.
1: Yeah, so it's a band that I started with my partner and basically we wrote, we had one song and then we're like, okay, we have to make this a band. But basically, Mm -hmm. I am the one who, they're all songs that I've written. Um, So I do like the, the base of the song where like the guitar, the lyrics and the vocals are all me. And then I basically bring them to my partner and together we kind of make it into what it is, you know, at the, at the finished uh, song. So, you know, it's, really hard to describe because we have one ep out so our band sound is definitely evolving as well um but it's like i i classify it as like gothic rock but it Mm -hmm. definitely travels into like you know occult rock more doomy stuff um Mm -hmm. and then kind of more of like the the dream doom or like doom gaze type of stuff uh One of my friends said that it's like she was like the song sounds like Doom Lana Del Rey and I was like that I can get behind <laughs> I love that I love that <laughs> but yeah so we um, we now have like a, a band to play with us so we have a we uh, hired on a drummer and a bassist but for our initial EP it's all us the two of us on everything so my partner has a recording studio which I'm in right now um, so we did all the drums, the bass, the guitar, the vocals, everything like that is all us on that first EP, which was a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was really, really fun to bring it to fruition. But yeah, so my role is kind of like the creative seed <laughs> in the band, I guess, and then this, and then vocals. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. How did the band name Crone Visions come about? So I wanted something that kind of, because obviously as a witch some of my subject matter that I sing about is very like magic themed or like you know magic adjacent so I wanted something that kind of gave you the idea of like some sort of witchy person or like witchy energy but Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to be so like cut and dry and I also wanted it to kind of be because it is kind of in the genre of doom I wanted it to be a little bit gritty and like kind of I don't know, kind of, like, not exactly the most positive connotation. So, like, crone is something that I love identifying <laughs> with the archetype of crone, mm-hmm. but um, I just felt like that kind of gave the energy that I wanted, where it was, like, more of, like, a this deep knowledge and deep witchy knowledge rather than, like, fresh, um, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> whatever type of energy. And then visions was just pretty much like the easiest thing that I could think of. I was like, okay, what would, if, if I am coming from the position that I am like this old witch back in this swamp, like what, what is, what am I doing? These are my crone visions. So that's kind of how I came up with it.
0: I love the name. I think it's phenomenal.
1: So <laughs> that's you. really,
0: really cool. Um, is there any, like, musical inspirations you have, like, certain artists or band?
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of tricky because we go into everything coming from, like, the songs that I write initially are kind of folky, doomy type of songs. So by the end of it, they sound very, very different. But my personal um, kind of artists, obviously, I because it's like goth rock and stuff like that for me personally especially vocally even though i don't sound exactly like her the way in which she performs like susie of susie and the banshees Mm -hmm. is really huge for me and then like current musically um like chelsea wolf king Mm -hmm. woman things like that that are like this very i just artists that i feel like are very viscerally expressing themselves in that Mm -hmm. kind of realm is what i go for but i mean there's definitely all sorts of different, um, you know, bands that we kind of pull ideas from. Like, one of our like our song the seven of swords which obviously is terror related is more of mm-hmm. our like more upbeat song and we recorded it similarly to um a lot of the queens of the stone age so we used a lot of the same mm-hmm. same equipment as them and things like that so that was kind of some inspiration there but yeah it kind of like melds all together but for me personally definitely like Susie and the Banshees. Obviously Stevie Nicks is huge mm-hmm. for me, Fleetwood Mac, all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, just a lot of a lot of different female artists is what I pull from.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Chelsea Woof. Um, she's mm-hmm. one of my favorite musicians and then King Woman. She actually has a song called Hierophat. So, yes. you know, and <laughs> I like, when I heard that song for the first time, I was like taken it back. I was like, Oh my God, like yes. this is like at the time it was like the story of my life. And I like mm-hmm. had that song, like on repeat for like, <laughs> <laughs> like weeks, but Oh my God. Yeah. Those are like two of my favorite, um, inspirations as well do you know Emma Roof Rundle
1: yes yes I I love her as well yeah because
0: like it's sergeant house it's like who they're under
1: all of of them are just so I feel like they have so much of like this really unique energy to the way that they write and perform mm -hmm. and everything and it's definitely something that I um I don't try to emulate but I look up to them in that way mm
0: mm-hmm Do you um, have any upcoming shows uh, for your band or are you working on more music right now?
1: Yes. So we're currently working on a full length album. Um, We're about maybe like halfway into a full length album. So I would like to have it, like, done by the end of the year, but I know that that is a very rushed idea of time, but who knows (laughs) what will happen. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we do have a a show coming up in the fall. It's local to us. You know, I'm still trying to tread carefully, because we got asked to do quite a few shows coming up, and I was like, I don't know, with every – like. I don't know. Everything with COVID is so up in the air all the time that I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to jump back into things, but we are doing a show locally. Um, and that will be the first time that we're performing live as like our full band. Now we have our drummer and our bassist. So that would mm-hmm. be really fun and interesting. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. When
0: I was in my band, maybe I'll come back. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Cause it's, I'm like more punk driven um, for sure. But like, it's interesting because from like 2017 to 19, when it was like going really strong, um, pretty much right before COVID, um, my sound has changed a lot and I am very Mm -hmm. melody driven. So it's just interesting to kind of see like, you know, how the music comes to, um, at the right place at the right time. But, um, I pretty much took like almost a two year, like break from writing music and I'm like getting back into it. But, um, but performing is like one of my favorite things. Like I love to perform and, um, yeah, it's like interesting to bring the music onto uh, the stage and see not only the reception, but it just sometimes sounds <clears throat> different.
1: Yes. Too. So, yeah, yeah, and we've been practicing a lot because. Um, having a studio allots us a lot of opportunity to practice like in a in a good sound space Mm -hmm. um so we've been trying to practice like how we're going to perform and everything as well but I definitely I've always really loved performing I was like um in musicals and everything growing up so I like being on the stage Mm -hmm. um but as far as like taking a break from music and stuff too I think that sometimes that can be really beneficial because it lets you like have a totally different lens like a lot of the songs that we're working on are songs that I wrote years ago mm-hmm. but approaching them now like taking them back out of like, and like dusting them <laughs> off and taking them back out of storage and making them what they are now has totally transformed what any possibility of what I could have made of it before mm-hmm. so I think it, it gives you like a whole new lens to look at it yeah
0: it does and Um, yeah, it's just weird. Like, you know, there were like dramatic moments of my life and you would think that would inspire the music. And then you're like, oh, I don't have anything to write about. And then it's (laughs) like, it's like so strange. That's like why I'm like kind of shocked about myself. I'm like, wow, like in the past year and a half, like there's nothing I really have to say. And then like, I found myself two days ago, writing up a story, but it was just like mm-hmm. it just kind of flew like flowed and um it was just about like stuff that was recently happening and I was like, oh my God, like okay, I guess this yes. is like
1: <laughs> this is what <laughs> like, like opened that back up again.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, I need to like, you know, either if not end of this year, beginning of next year, get back into Um, creating music. It's just like in New York, it's so expensive now to have a practice space. So that's something I need to try to manifest because it was really cheap. uh, But Mm -hmm. after like the past couple of years, like they're raising the prices and it's becoming like such a more like corporate thing, but it's like, you know, artists need the space and they need it affordable to create. So, yeah.
1: And that's the thing too, where I definitely like to (laughs) make sure that people know that like I'm definitely coming from a space of privilege like having because we have our own studio it gave us the opportunity to bring our music out and like you know make what we like make it exactly how we wanted it to sound and you know mix it master it exactly how we wanted it to sound um and have the practice space which not I mean, there's so many artists. I think about this type of stuff all the time where I'm like, there's so many artists who are probably sitting on like this beautiful music that like people should be hearing, but there's so many things that stand in the way of being able to even do that. Mm-hmm, yeah, it is.
0: And I feel like a lot of people don't really know how much like time, energy, yes, and like money as well goes into oh, yeah. creating the music. And um, just even getting out there is just like, something in itself entirely. Yeah. So it's like, you know, but that's really awesome that you have um, that, uh, those capabilities to mm-hmm. to do that. That's really cool. So do you have any um, upcoming projects for your business right now that
1: you want to talk about? I would say mostly, just like the music that keeps coming out is the biggest thing for business wise, working on the tarot stuff is definitely a continuing thing. And, um, that's something that I will update as, as things get closer to when I think that I can finish up these decks, that Mm -hmm. will be stuff that I'll like push a lot more and talk a lot about a lot more on my Instagram. But currently it's just kind of like working away at those. Um, we are working on a couple of video type of content, um, ideas for Chrome vision. So, um, you know, kind of performing some stuff live in studio to give some content where we're not necessarily out and about Mm -hmm. and yeah, just kind of like letting things unfold as they are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Just let it flow. Um, So how can, um, what does support look like for you and how can we best support you at this time?
1: Yeah, so obviously, like following along on Instagram, um, supporting my tarot, and even just, you know, sharing with your friends, sharing my tarot posts, sharing my tarot deck is always really helpful. Um, And I do a lot of interacting on my stories and giving like small tarot readings. And I love doing that. So that's always a way that people can support me, like, you know, in an energy sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And then following along on Crone Visions on Instagram and, you know, checking us out on Spotify, adding us to your witchy playlist. Like <laughs> yes. <your friends. laughs> all that stuff. That sounds
0: awesome. And um, I'm going to have all of your um, links for everything in the show notes. So, um, but yeah, but this was so much fun and thank you so much. Um, and everyone definitely check out Morgan and her band and Lucid Kitsch and support her in any way that you
1: can. And Um, it was so great having you thank you thank you it was so awesome to get to talk to you and you know talk about all things that I feel like you and I both have in common (laughs) exactly so all right well bye bye